We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory Live Edition presented by Emprise Bank. Look, nobody loves to bank. They love what banking can help them achieve. Emprise Bank is looking to say yes to those with a dream, whether it's saving for your first home, a new car, starting a family, starting a business. Emprise is your partner in possible. There are partners in possible. They are our partners in possible for a project that we'll be announcing on Tuesday this week. Uh, maybe it's draft related. I don't know. Uh, and here to help me talk about the draft and plenty of other things is my dear pal. First, find him on Twitter at Maddie Lane, Maddie KCSN, whatever it is. What's up? Oh boy. You, you're on a bad, a bad yeah, one here. Um, you, you missed really the last me up. I've done nothing different. I've I've yeah. kept it the same just for you. I'm gonna start mixing it up because you're struggling as is, so there's no reason to keep it the same now. But um, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop plugging your Twitter is what I'm gonna do. That that's fine. You know that's okay. It, it's the off season right now. Like I really don't need to be on Twitter anyway. Like uh, let's be very clear, Twitter <laughs> is a rough place in the off season right now, especially as a any fan, but especially a Chiefs fan. So you know that that's fine with me. I'm. I'm doing great. I believe you asked me that. If not, I'm still going to answer it. I'm doing good. Unfortunately, Craig is not able to be here with us. He he is fine. Craig is a very busy, very important man in the world. He is not able to be here for this. So instead, you get Kent and I here to talk about the Chiefs' new coaching new... Oh, wait. Pain. Again, we got nothing on the Chiefs' coaching hires for the offensive yep. coordinator and QB coach position. In fact... The LA Rams have not only played a game, lost an offensive coordinator, brought in a new offensive coordinator, retained another positional coach, and then lost another positional coach all the time that the Chiefs have just kind of hung out and said, ah, we're not sure what we're doing yet at our offensive coordinator spot. Yeah, there is a lot to discuss there. There's lots that we're going to discuss about the NFL draft tonight. But really quick, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? You or someone you love falling into depression or struggling with anxiety can keep you from what you care about. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's a professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. 
This service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read some of their testimonials that are posted daily. You can visit betterhelp.com slash KCSN. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50, 50 states. So special offer for KCSN listeners, 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash KCSN. Maddie, you kind of alluded to it before we talked about that. This is a, you know, we're still waiting. We are still waiting for some kind of news on the coaching staff. And it's real. I, I apologize to anybody that's listening to the show. And this feels like, like, the, like it's Groundhog's Day on the KC Laboratory on a Monday. But we keep entering these weeks expecting something to happen. Some official news on the, on the coaching side. It just continues to not happen. There was a bunch of stuff that flew around this week about it that since the last time we talked about it. But still nothing concrete going on right well, the only thing that's changed is early in the process, there was some things that were connecting potential or Kentucky's offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, as a potential person of interest for the Chiefs. Well, that has come and passed because he has officially decided to return to Sean McVay and the LA Rams as their offensive coordinator. That was something that I think a lot of Chiefs fans had got behind. They saw that report that ran early on in this process. You get excited for myself included. You go watch that Kentucky offense. You get really excited for what they could maybe do if he's brought in. He's no longer on the table, but more so than like not anyone being on the table, there's just no news. They're doing nothing. The Rams interviewed like four guys for their offensive coordinator position just over the weekend. And we have heard of zero interest in the Chiefs and anybody. Now, that's not entirely out of the ordinary for Andy Reid. He likes to keep things buttoned up tight, hold it tight to the vest. But it's been long enough now. You're getting close enough to the NFL combine that's I mean, starting here in two weeks. Mm-hmm. You kind of got to have this figured out sometime soon because I mean, you're getting down to the wire. You're one of the only two teams left with an offensive coordinating position available. And the other one's the New England Patriots who brought back Joe Judge to play like a half offensive coordinator role. So you're really the only team that has a completely vacant offensive coordinator position. Yeah, it's it's... The, I think, and this is the thing that I think when you look at all this and you see the lack of activity, there's still some names on the, on the, on the board that all tie back to retreads. And I know this is something that Maddie has been, you know, ha- has his opinions on, but you know, you, you look at a Matt Nagy, Eric B obviously still very much in play. Uh, you know, David Coley doesn't have a name, you know, doesn't really have a job yet. So there's some, retreads from Kansas city still sitting out there. There's also the existing offensive coordinator from the chiefs out there. And I, I Maddie, like I wouldn't, I would just like, you know, you have the floor here for a minute. Just how would you feel about a, a combination of uh, Matt Nagy and Joe, uh, David Coley? Highly uninspired. Um, 
David Coley has been outside of the Andy Reid tree long enough because there was like this realization that he needed to branch out to become a head coach. He, he was, you know, deep in line. There was other guys ahead of him. He knew he had to get out and he did that. It's like, there's a respect there for realizing that early on and going out and trying to do it his own way. Maybe he's picked up some stuff and bringing him back. There would, you know, it would result in some changes or some adjustments. I don't know. As far as Matt Nagy goes, he's the same guy. I don't, I like the fact of bringing him back. I think the Chiefs offense got a lot more innovative during his stint in that offensive coordinator role or while he was still part of the team. Granted, part of that was necessary because of a more limited quarterback in Alex Smith, but the innovation was there. Bringing him back, you would hope to retain some of that. The problem is he showed none of that in Chicago, so why all of a sudden is that going to reappear in Kansas City? And furthermore, Ken set me off on a rant now, which I was going to save for when they announced Matt Nagy, but here we are. Nobody else wants Matt Nagy. Why should we be excited for that as the Chiefs? He's interviewed twice public for two head coaching jobs publicly back in 2018. The Indianapolis Colts, the Chicago Bears. The Indianapolis Colts job was with good friend Chris Ballard, and then he had the Chicago Bears job. Those are the only two public. There could be more that we don't know behind the scenes. Those are the two public openings that he interviewed for as a head coach. There has been nothing about him interviewing for these offensive coordinator positions around the NFL this time around. Nobody else wants him that much. Why should we be that excited that he comes back? Or, or, no, it's not true. Or it's just a done deal that he's coming back in some capacity. It's possible, I mean, what but if he wasn't just, highly coveted just... in 2018. Why would he be more coveted now after his stint with Chicago, which was a, a huge failure? Why would he be more coveted now than he was in 2018 when he interviewed for two jobs, one of which was a good friend? I'm not saying that he's the most highly coveted individual <laughs> here, but I'm just kind of speculating a little bit and saying maybe, maybe this is just one of those situations where... He's kind of, uh, you know, he's kind of just, he's coming back and maybe it just hasn't been announced. And the reason you may not have he heard as much activity about it is because he is coming back. I don't know. I'm not saying that with any level of, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I get you. And it, it was always most likely that Matt Nagy was going to come back. He's good friends. Brett Veach very much likes him. Andy Reid very much likes him. Patrick Mahomes likes him. Everybody in the building likes him, gets along with him. He understands the dynamic here. It makes too much sense for him not to be back. I'm just saying, when the, if the Chiefs come out and announce Matt Nagy, offensive coordinator, David Coley, quarterbacks coach, or some kind of analyst, and they're promoting somebody within the QB coach, I'm going to be highly uninspired because it's going to feel like it's just a bunch of dudes that couldn't make it where they wanted to be outside of Kansas City, and the Chiefs are just bringing them back because it's you know the good old boys club back here in Kansas City. Let's see if we can regain what we had before. It's just I would be uninspired with those changes. Not saying they won't work. I've been very clear. I think whatever the Chiefs do will work. Andy Reid's a good enough head coach. The team's talented enough. But as far as hirings go, those guys just aren't very inspiring because you, I mean, you've had those guys before. There's a reason well, that they weren't here. Well, this team pulled up short of the goal last year, this season, and they pulled up short this year because they had no answers in the second half of a game. Uh, so you have to start looking internally and being honest with yourself. What adjustments need to be made for us to achieve our goals? There's already going to be some turnover in the coaching staff. I mean, you know, uh, Mike Kafka's gone. He's not with the Chiefs anymore. So there is going to be some level of turnover on the offensive side of the ball. We just don't really have great answers on what that actually means. We don't know if it's EB. We don't know if it's EB and Nagy. We don't know if it's, you know, outside hire and somebody. I mean, we just don't know. And like, it's it's getting frustrating because 
you know, like I don't want to say like I don't want to have too much alarm to say like you know, like I know you're saying that the pickings are slim. There's probably conversations and in some stuff that we you know has probably been established in some capacity. It's just it's frustrating that there's no answers yet, and it leaves the door open for us to have these conversations that we're having right now. And whatever, regardless of what the the reality of the situation is, right now it appears as though the Chiefs are making their selection on their coaching staff with guys that, um, I mean, after everyone else has kind of had their opportunity to kind of set themselves up. So regardless, it's still, it's still a little bit obnoxious. Um, did you have anything else on that real quick or, or do you want to, do you want to move on? Matt? No, I mean, I think that's good until we, you know, we start to get information, which might be another week and a half, two weeks away from now. But I mean, like, I think that's kind of a good spot to end it. Cause like you said, we don't know. I'm not foolish enough to think that they're working on nothing, that they haven't talked to guys, they haven't been in contact with agents. Like the Chiefs are clearly working on who they want to be their offensive coordinator. They're not sitting back just letting nothing happen. It's just no information is getting out there, and other teams are progressing through their process significantly faster. And that's the frustrating part when you get no information coming off of a disappointing loss where – some of the issues that cause you to lose are going to be directly responsible for who you are now hiring or choosing to bring back as offensive coordinator. It's just frustrating. And I've tried very hard to not get, you know, invested into free agency yet. I'm trying to push my excitement for free agency off. And so I fully invested myself in offensive coordinator talk. And let me tell you right now, ads coming up big old empty on this end. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, yeah, and one thing to think about, too, is just anyone listening, like, you know, like reality and narrative are different things, right? And so what the reality of the situation behind the scenes versus the narrative that may, or, you know, the inactivity that the narrative potentially presents too can also, you know, it, it may not always align. So like, I'm not saying like, you know, we'll see what happens here. It's frustrating that we are sitting here without any real answers. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I just hope the plan, I hope, I hope we're satisfied with the plan when it's all said and done. And I hope whatever, adjustments are made to this coaching staff which regardless will because Kafka is gone it's enough to progress this team forward and move this team forward and if they present themselves in a situation where they're up 11 at halftime at home against an inferior opponent with Eli Apple actively playing snaps that the, the things go better 
the next time around and that they were able to respond in a way that that gets them to their ultimate goals. All right, it's draft season, Maddie. We got to start talking about a little bit of draft here. It is draft time, and I'm really excited. There's some, if, if you're listening to this, it's Monday, February uh, 21st. Uh, February 22nd is going to be a big day uh, for KCSN, a big you know draft-related announcement. You probably, if you've been following what we've been doing the last uh, three years when it comes to the draft, you could probably put, uh, two and two together, which is perfect because tomorrow's like two, two, 2022 or whatever, you know, um, <laughs> you see what I did there. I didn't do that on purpose. It just kind of came off the top, but wow. Yeah. It's a big day tomorrow for all of us. We're really excited about draft, uh, the draft content and, uh, draft misses very much upon us. If you've been paying attention here at KCSN. And so we just wanted to do a little bit of draft conversation today, you know, as we're working through, uh you know some of our 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 workings here at kc sports network with the with the uh draft guide um we found some players that we're excited about um some of them we're going to talk about today you know some of the players that we would love to see in kansas city that we think are great fit for kansas city um so we're going to go through a few today and just maybe talk about a few higher fits in kansas city than maybe uh you know than, than maybe some other guys so the first guy we want to talk about is an uber talent, a wide receiver out of Alabama, Jamison Williams, Maddie. Yeah. And so the thought process that we kind of had when we were talking about this was essentially when you're watching a prospect, if one, like just in your mind at any point in time, does it pop up to say, huh, that guy reminds me of, you know, this player that currently plays the Chiefs or that Andy Reid and this coaching staff have preferred. Just like if you're watching this guy, does he scream Kansas City Chief to you and how he's being used or what he's doing on the field? So it's not always going to be guys that we are even the biggest fans of. It's just guys that make a lot of sense for the Chiefs. And one of those is going to be Jamison Williams. And I don't think he makes the perfect sense from a he doesn't have a complementary skill set to a Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman. But what he does is he shares similar skills with both of those guys. And that's something the Chiefs clearly gravitate towards in the receiver position. They like guys with speed. They like guys that can separate, they can stretch the field vertically. You'd be hard-pressed to find a receiver that has the the same kind of speed of Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman year in and year out. Well, Jamison Williams is that guy this year. He has that easy speed, these explosive, that acceleration where he doesn't look like he's really trying to run that fast, but he's still simply breaking every angle, outrunning everybody on the field. And if you're the Chiefs, McCole Hardman's contract's up after this upcoming season. Tyree Kills is, you know, while you might extend or re-sign one of those guys and keep them here, I mean, you most likely will, you might not keep both. There's room for another speed receiver on this team. Jamison Williams really does fit the mold that you're looking for. And I would say, like, he's not your traditional X receiver, but he can play on the outside. He can play in the slot. He can do a little bit of everything. Like, he's very much the way Alabama used him was more similar to Tyree kill than a traditional, just a deep threat and nothing else. So like there's a overlapping skill set that makes sense as a future replacement for some of the guys who are on expiring contracts. I would 100% agree that he's not your traditional X type player. The chiefs have also struggled a little bit at times to utilize a true X type player. Uh, the thing, and, and part of that's Travis Kelsey, because I think he does pull away some of the opportunities with the Y ISO looks at the chiefs. Like they're isolating Travis Kelsey on the backside. They're taking their X receiver. They're stacking him in a bunch, you know, formation with Tyree kill and somebody else. What I love, there's a couple things I love about J- Jamison Williams and why I would love for him to be a Kansas city chief. One, the value you're normally not going to be in a position to take a guy like Jamison Williams 
at the end of first round. And candidly, this is the exact kind of guy that we talk about in February, where at the end of the draft process, no one's worried about the injury. No one's worried about his injury issues that he had late in the season with the knee. And everybody's just like, oh, you know what? We're going to take the talent anyway because he's too good of a talent. and We'll worry about the knee issue. If there's a chance that she's can take a guy like this, I he look, I think the speed is undeniable. I think he's a fantastic route runner. He can burn, he can run away from guys. He's not your traditional ex, but he's a guy that can move around and be a kind of you know an interchangeable piece the way that Andy Reid has kind of utilized some of these guys. He can run around the field, he can line up in that bunch, but he's got the skill set, the talent that you're probably not going to be able to take most years most 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 times at pick 30 and that's what really really intrigues me about him george pickens uh john mechie all these guys i'm kind of bunching them all together those are the guys like i love the idea of value i'm always loving the idea of value if maddie can tell you as much um i'm, I'm always you know geeked out about that this is a guy that like the the talent the skill set the opportunity to get him tied to tied to you know Patrick Mahomes for the next five years, mercy. Uh, oh, all right. Oh, you got more? Oh no, I was going to say like I I think this pick is one that you definitely have to look to the future. But that's something that you've been very high on before. That's what Brett Veach likes to do. He likes to draft for the future a lot. He's not always drafting for the right now. So like from that side of it. He makes a lot of sense. And actually, I'm pulling an audible on you, so I'm going to take the next guy here so we don't have to read Andrew Booth Jr.'s name for the 15th time on one of our draft-related podcasts. We're actually going to go to Alabama for a different cornerback, Jalen Armour Davis, a cornerback at Alabama. Ah. He's a guy that I don't think anyone's talking about whatsoever. Here's a five-star recruit that went to Alabama, and nobody hardly knows his name. He took a backseat to Josh Job and Patrick Sertan and all these guys over the years, but this is a five-star corner who, for the bang for your buck, he might be the pre- best press corner in this class. His kick-step technique at the line of scrimmage is phenomenal. He's so patient. He's a certified track star. He trusts his speed vertically, so he has no problem hanging in at the line of scrimmage, getting his hands on guys, and then rolling with them to run with them against Tennessee guys could not get off the line of scrimmage to save their life could depend on it and they are not getting off the line of scrimmage without him getting his hands on them he's six foot one long 192 pounds and he's dealt with some injury issues at Alabama so like I do get some concerns there but this guy's healthy he fits the prototype the Chiefs love at the corner position showcasing some more athleticism that's more in line with you know a luxurious Sneed or a Mike Hughes at the position while having that physicality and presence at the line of scrimmage that Charvarius Ward shows I think if the Chiefs had a chance to snag a guy like him, they do play more press covers than any other team in the NFL. I mean, the stars would align for them to get that kind of athlete that fits the profile in this draft. Yeah, he definitely needs to stay more attached to the line of scrimmage, I think, is like that's where he best operates. He's a little bit clunky in his transitions when he's trying to play off coverage, but I totally agree with your sentiment there, Maddie. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I like I don't remember what what do you know what we have on him from a grade perspective wise? You want to tease somebody? Yeah, oh, Jalen Armour Davis currently right now is sitting, you know, as around our cornerback seven, which is much higher than anybody else is. He's got a back end of round two grade right now. So, you know, he's not a perfect prospect. And I think can't, you know, highlight some of the issues. And it's not even issues, just an inexperience that you're going to see with him right now. But you're looking at a guy that has the athletic profile to do a lot of different stuff. 
I think he might be a riser after the combine. You know, we're gonna on the draft show later this week. We're gonna talk about defensive guys rising. I won't use him then, but he's a guy that would certainly make could help his stock a lot at the NFL Combine. He's gonna be fast, explosive. He's really a guy I think Chiefs fans should get familiar with. I mean, anybody should, but especially Chiefs fans. Well, especially if the Chiefs are gonna wait to draft cornerback because maybe he's a he's probably not going around one, but you know, it depends on the yeah. medicals. If the medicals clear out day two is a potential especially you know for a team specifically like the Chiefs so I mean you know it's always weird because like you know we, we talk about all these guys and we're going to talk about a bunch of players here like we were going to talk about Andrew Ruth we we're going to talk about Jamison Williams like those are two round one players the Chiefs are only going to have the option to pick one of those guys and obviously like during the course of draft season as we're continuing to move forward we're going to be looking at guys that fit all these different potential pockets throughout the draft if this is a guy if you're waiting on cornerback Jalen Armour Davis, a guy maybe you're looking at in day two, or maybe you're hoping that falls into, you know, in sometime into day three. I don't know if it's going to. He's very highly regarded on uh, on our draft guide content here. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see where he winds up. You know I, who the- else is highly regarded? Not on our draft guide, but in your life and mine? Macadoodles. And for <laughs> all of you in the Kansas City area, you guys can now share our enjoyment of Macadoodles because in Lee Summit, right down the street from you guys, in Lee Summit, there is a Macadoodles waiting for you to come by, check out their you know, pristine customer service, the best selection that you're going to see. You can find any type of liquor beer, wine that you might like. You're going to have someone there to help you 24-7. And you know what? Kind of like the draft where you're always looking for the best values, like Kent, they're going to give it to you. But you know what would be even better? If there was more than just one NFL draft in a year, there could be more than one Macadoodles near you. So you guys, you need to get in touch with Roger at info at Macadoodles.com. Get another Macadoodles nearby. Contact Roger, again, at info at Macadoodles.com. If you are a franchisee that is interested, they would love to hear from you. Your fellow Kansas Cityans would love to hear from you. Get them out near you guys. You don't want to have to drive to Lee Summit every single time. Contact Macadoodles. You'll be happy, I promise. Maddie, we were I was I was I was perusing Twitter today and I saw you posting uh about one of the running backs we actually got to see at the East West Shrine Bowl talking about him as a fit for the Chiefs and I know it was a little cheeky you know a little bit cheeky but also like you know I could see it a little bit Keontae Ingram the running back out of USC yeah and that name might sound familiar to some of you big 12 fans he was at Texas pre- before this and then Bijan Robinson runs him out of town because he's a better player no I mean, there's no shame, in, <laughs> no shame in admitting that but Keontae Ingram goes to you uh USC and you know he He's theirs for his one year. He's trying to get things going right now. But what I really noticed about it was two things. One, his pass protection is excellent. You actively see him sit in the backfield and scan the field, looking from you know the highest priority to the lowest priority to go hit them in pass protection. He's very sound. He'll go chip a lineman. He'll take on a linebacker in the hole. Like He's very good and very active in pass protection. So that's a huge bonus. But what really got my attention, USC, his best runs, I, I, I question his vision, I question his burst, but... When you put him on same side zone run, so when he's lined up to the left and the offense is going to run an inside or split zone to the left, 
for whatever reason, he hits a cut back to the all the way to the outside on that and gets positive yards almost every single time. It's a run you've seen the Chiefs execute more than once every single game. It's actually one of their better zone runs that they do. They run it as good as anybody in the NFL. So it was definitely tongue and cheek or cheek and tongue, tongue and cheek, however you want to say it. But it was just funny seeing a run that I can directly see this guy translate to the Chiefs offense with because they love to utilize it. And he clearly excels in that just same side zone run. Yeah, you some of the stuff you just, I definitely have some questions about his vision for sure. Um, I definitely like he's not the most explosive player. It was interesting though. I think he actually helped himself a little bit as a route runner coming out of the backfield when we were watching him at the East West Shrine Bowl. But it's also interesting because some of his reps were the most unrealistic reps too. And like when you watch the one on ones at the Shrine Bowl, when you watch him at the Senior Bowl, some of these some of these guys are taking 68,000 steps and it's 58 seconds and the quarterback's been sacked or he's scrambling before you even get out of your break. And like, there was definitely some of that with Keontae Ingram when we're watching him, but at the same time, you saw some footwork and some stuff and some fluidity through his flame frame when he was running some routes that you kind of were a little bit encouraged throughout. And he, he got on some linebackers pretty quick. He had a little bit of suddenness at times. You know, I think he needs, he's not a, he's not a bursty guy, but I do think, you know, if you give him a little bit more runway, I think he can get on some of these guys a little bit quickly. And you saw him do that a little bit at the East West Shrine Bowl, running past some guys. Maybe they were sitting a little bit on some of those out routes and stuff in those one-on-one drills. But I thought, you know, there was some stuff that translated there. He, he helped himself, I thought, as a receiver. I think he was a little bit better than what I saw kind of watching him uh, as we were kind of grading through him. But yeah, as a day three guy with some of the traits that you, we just kind of identified, there's there's some fit there for him. Uh, for sure in this offense defensive end Michael Clemens out of Texas A&M uh, does he scream spags because I know like I know that's one of the things he screams spags to you doesn't he oh yeah absolutely that's that's the big thing about Michael Clemens is if you're operating under a Steve Spagnolo style defensive end this is the guy that you, you you highlight you star you circle you do whatever you need to do because he fits all of you know the requisite stuff. He's going to be listed at was he six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds. He's got the long arms. I would be surprised if he doesn't you know easily clear that thirty three inch mark with his arms. But then you watch him play. He plays with extension in the run game, so he can play through the offensive tackle while holding contain on the outside. He has a really good rip move and a pullback to get to an inside gap. So not only does he hold contain, he can play back to the inside versus the run. That's a big check. That means you don't have to take him off the field versus the run. He can play the run how Steve Spagnuolo wants his defensive ends to play. Then you watch him rush the passer. Power move. Power move power move. There's not a lot of speed elements. He's not really trying to speed rush and ghost technique around the edge. He can throw in a rip and dip a little bit, especially for a guy of his size, but it's a lot of power moves. It's a lot of inside counters. He's crushing the pocket and then disengaging from the tackle as he gets close. I just, I don't think you could draw up a play style or a player's physical profile that is going to fit what Steve Spagnuolo wants, at least historically more than Michael Clements or Texas A&M. And even better yet, you go watch him versus the best competition. Go watch him versus Alabama. You can watch every Evan Neal game you want. You want to find the def- defensive end that gives him the most trouble? It's going to be Michael Clemens out of Texas A&M is the guy that I think gives him the most fits throughout his entire final season. It's like, that's good. You like seeing that versus the highest level of competition. His his body is interesting too because like he looks fantastic, but I also like it almost looks like he's not completely maxed out in some ways because he's got these long limbs 
Um, but he's like, like it's, but that's not to say he's not well built. It's just, he carries that weight so extremely well. Uh, and I mean, there's some, there's some power to him obviously. And then he, he's figured out pretty well how to use that, that length pretty well when he plays with good leverage, it's really good. Um, but he is a very long limb guy and it feels like, I don't think you add density to him. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm clamoring for, but it just almost looks like there's there, you could add some more to his frame pretty easily, which is really impressive to do because this dude is a physical specimen. It's weird. It's it's a weird, unique body type, but it definitely plays, and he's a guy that makes a lot of sense uh, for Steve Spagnuolo. Uh, we got to talk about Marquand McCall again because like this is the Marquand McCall show uh, presented by Emprise Bank. Um, we talk about him a lot, but like if you if you're looking at an interior defensive lineman, a guy that potentially replaces the likes of a Derek Nottie, Marquan McCall is a guy that big, dense, powerful guy uh, along the interior that we we got to see firsthand at the shrine. We got to talk to firsthand at the shrine. He was a lot of fun. I I don't know how much more we can say about Bully Ball McCall McCall on here, but um, he's great. And Craig just wrote a fantastic article on KCSN.substack.com. Go read it talking about how important Derek Nottie has been, how good he has been for the Chiefs, making the case kind of as why you have to pay him or you could want to pay him moving forward. If you don't, though, or even if you do, you're not spending premium assets most likely on Marquand McCall. So he makes a ton of sense to get in the building because he can do some of the same stuff. He's not a one-for-one of Derek Nottie. I don't think he's going to go in the same spot of the draft because Derek Nottie was probably a little bit better of a prospect, but he can give you a similar thing. There's enough burst in that first step that he can play Steve Spagnuolo's style of nose tackle. He can insert into a gap and then use his wide body and his length to hold it from there rather than doing a traditional two gap. But the thing that McCall can do, he does have good length. I think he actually has better lateral agility than like a Derek Nadi does. So now you all of a sudden can have him change gaps. You can have him two gap a little bit because of that length. He might be able to develop into a guy that gives you a little bit more pass rush by closing or squishing the pocket quickly rather than just slowly burning it back. I just think there's a little bit of upside there for him. It just all kind of depends on where you value a nose tackle kind of in the pecking order of Chiefs needs. Yeah, and I mean... I, I'm fascinated to see what his uh, the rest of his draft process looks like for him. I'm curious, you know what I mean, what the you know what what he tests like because like it, we'll see what what he's able to do to continue to ascend his. I, I still think he's probably a day three guy. It's probably early day three for me. But you know if he tests decently enough, you could see him falling into you know to the to the late day two conversation, especially if it's a team specific kind of need, like looking for a guy like that. But I will say this, there is a lot of guys with a with you know, there's some density um to some of these guys here. Um that you know there, there's some bigger kind of run stopping run stopping interior defensive line types. So that'll be also interesting to see if the market is you know quote unquote flooded and how that affects kind of draft stocks stocks. One more guy before we get out of here, Maddie. Uh, a linebacker. Uh, I'm. It, it, hey, look. Hey, the Chiefs have drafted a linebacker. I believe every is it every year of the Brett Veacher or three of the four. I think it's three of the four, maybe. I and think three love, of the four. And it's been all top one. It's been top one hundred selections. Uh, three top one hundred selections. Uh, this guy that we're about to talk to. I don't know if he'll be a top one hundred selection, but it's JoJo Doman out of Nebraska. Yeah, I'd be a little surprised if he's a top 100 selection, but I know a lot of people kind of are getting 
that vibe. Like a lot of people really enjoy him. So like there's a chance that he's up there. But I mean, Jojo Doman, where he's making kind of his his bank right now going forward is that he's a good coverage linebacker. He came to Nebraska as a safety. He put on a little bit of weight, transitioned to linebacker because he didn't quite have the coverage skills at safety. But all of a sudden you take those coverage skills, you insert them at linebacker and he looks like a good coverage backer. The Chiefs currently are without Ben Neiman, who has played almost all of their dime reps. You kind of need this smart, athletic coverage linebacker to replace him if you don't bring him back. Somebody like JoJo Doman makes a lot of sense in that regard. You know, he's an intelligent player. He understands route concepts. He under he communicated for that Nebraska defense, so he knows how to get guys lined up. He does a lot of the same stuff that Ben Neiman did. Yes, it helps that they kind of look alike, so I can easily picture him being the Ben Neiman out there on the field, but just, he does have that skill set. He's a guy that I think you can find later in day three, and the reason I think that, I just I don't see a great athlete Similar to Ben Neiman, I think it's kind of the IQ lets him trigger quickly. He gets on his horse early rather than just being explosive, being super quick twitch. So I think that's what limits him from being a guaranteed top 100 pick. But as a guy to come in and just play as a coverage linebacker, he's a guy that makes a lot of sense. The Chiefs are going to be in the market for one as long as they don't trust Willie Gay in that role. And at this point, I see no reason that we can just assume that they are going to. Yeah, and I think adding a little bit more coverage ability to the second level at defense makes a lot of sense. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of assets that they really jump, you know, they, they throw into that. Um, because, like, the Chiefs have definitely prioritized the linebacker position historically in the Brett Beach area, like we kind of talked about. It's not just draft picks. It's, it's I mean, Anthony Hitchens. And I, I think we all kind of anticipate something happens with Anthony Hitchens. They move on or they restructure his contract or something to that effect. And if they do... Why not go add a guy like Jojo Dome with a little bit more coverage ability to help, you know, I, I think make that that linebacker group make a little bit more sense, like sense in its entirety, add a little bit more dynamic ability to the coverage level of that defense. And I think that could go a long way. Um, I, I think that could round out to a really solid group in a lot of different areas. I mean, you're probably looking at I, I would anticipate if this is just me right now, you're looking at you're looking at uh, Nick Bolton playing your mic which probably lends itself to more snaps in the future. Like I know some people were kind of concerned about Nick Bolton's snap count towards the end. I think you could see a little bit more of an uptick with Anthony Hitchin being out uh, if he, if he is eventually out and if he, they move on from him, that's going to be the answer to, to Nick Bolton getting more snaps in certain sub packages that you guys are kind of, you know, like there's some people that are really, you know, worried about, I'm not, I wasn't as worried about it much. He's still got plenty of time in, in this, in plenty of situations, but yeah, I think he's going to get an uptick. Uh, Willie Gay, like like Maddie alluded to, we'll see, we'll see what happens from you know with him, but yeah, JoJo Doman, another guy, throw into the mix from a coverage perspective, perspective makes a lot of sense. That is going to do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory. Thank you guys so much for listening, watching KC Sports Network. We really appreciate you. Big announcements coming this week. It's going to be a fun week for all of us here at KCSN. We can't wait. We'll be talking to you throughout the week, and we'll catch you later.